Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by The Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and & Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan and joined by three of my esteemed colleagues from different parts of North America. We have Mr. Alex Corbacero calling in from San Diego. Alex, welcome. How are we doing everyone? Great to be here, Matt. Uh, nice to see you looking healthy and well and everything. Uh, everyone rejoin for some more chat. That's right. Thank you, Alex. Likewise. And Brian Ray calling in from the remote reaches of Canada. I think it's Nova Scotia this time. Brian, is that right? That's right. Nova Scotia. It's a little bit uh, sunnier here. The snow is gone. It's a miracle. Also a miracle. You survived the COVID, apparently. <laughs> well, it was, fo- it was fake news. Fake COVID. Faux COVID. Faux COVID news. Diff- it was different flu news. And, and of course, we have the man that is our pop icon on Rugby Wrap-Up, Mr. Dan Power. Dan? North Carolina? Uh, just with the, with the goat. He's watching the last episode of uh, Rugby Wrap-Up. Loving it, too. Aren't you, big fella? He's, he's a bit tired. He's a man of few words, uh, all action. I, man, think, MJ. I think he's watching uh, Corbs throw Will McGee under the bus, asking him about the Glendale situation. That, that's probably the episode he's watching. Right? Everyone loves that. <laughs> it's fabulous. Fabulous. All right, but guys. We got uh, a lot to cover today. We're going to talk about our Major League Rugby Players of the Year at 6, 7, and 8. And we're also going to start off by giving a quick 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds, uh, 60 seconds on something that you observed that caught your eye in the global rugby sphere. Uh, Let's start with Mr. Brian Ray. All right, uh, something that caught us a little bit by surprise in the uh, the past week. Scotty Sumo Stevenson put out a tweet that said that Hawaii had been given an official invitation to join MLR in 2021. He said that Mick Byrne was going to be the head coach and Cam Kilgore was involved in that. Uh, he later kind of backtracked a bit and said, well, actually, it's kind of just a bid and they have to get approved and, and all this and that. And uh, we have some other intel that, uh, that, that suggests that it's – very far from a done deal, but uh, it, it was certainly some excitement. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I certainly hadn't heard anything about Hawaii until uh, he had talked about it. Well, it's certainly going to stretch your uh, America's Rugby News frequent flyer miles to go from Nova Scotia <laughs> to Hawaii to Maui, right? <laughs> Wouldn't want to go down there, but can you imagine? That'd be fantastic flying from Nova Scotia all the way down there, halfway across the world. That'd be brilliant. I'd just stay forever. What's the point of coming back? MLR would just be single-handedly keeping the aviation business afloat by by stretching, you know, travel, which who knows what's going on. It seems like really logical to bring in Hawaii right now and just make sure everyone has, you know, another five, six, seven, eight hours on a plane uh, every other week or so. Uh, I think Hawaii is a gold mine for an MLR academy. I'm going to give them the idea and save them the car crash it could be trying to franchise in Hawaii. Put an academy in, put a feeder system, ship those players off for the season and, and help find the MLR clubs, develop them, university scholarships. We can get onto the draft because that's my rant. But I, that seems to me to be the system to use Hawaii, but actually putting an MLR franchise there seems pretty far-fetched to me right now. You mean before you put in the actual team, put in... Yeah, I would use it as a feeder academy system. I would literally be using it as a talent feeder and build an infrastructure around a semi-pro team, development sides, 
uh, and then filter the best players into the current MLR franchises uh, and, and build it out there. It's definitely going to be a hotbed of talent, but is it a big market that logistically makes sense to be flying every week roundabout? I, I just think it's a waste, of, an absolute money Yeah, if we're covering the games. Cash. Yeah, obviously, of, of us three hitchhiking on the back of it, it's sweet, but I kind of feel like it's literally taking a barrel of cash pouring lighter fuel on it and just letting it go. And there's already enough of that in this league in areas that we kind of need that to get this thing going. I think Hawaii is a bit of a stretch down the line. I, I think it's better suited in other ways. As much as I'd love to go there. All right, Dan? Hang on. Just got to set the mood. Dan's in Maui all of a sudden. Here we go. All what, right. what are they saying on the ground, Dan? Nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. No, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting news, and I think Brian and, and Corbs have pretty much got around it. It would take very deep pockets. But let's be honest, rugby as a global game has ignored the Pacific Islands, and let's throw Hawaii in that, for decades and decades. They've taken big nations, New Zealand, I'm looking at you. England, I'm looking at you. They've taken Pacific Island. Play- Come on, don't, don't do that, Corbs. The British Army has... You didn't even say a stay there. You went New because Zealand, we're terrible. England. England Listen, went, if you're going to take was, com- where, players from countries, at least take the good ones, and that's where New Zealand and England have done first. I mean, I would say New Zealand and Australia have been doing it for a long time, and then England yeah, have agree. done it more recently. Until the Australia just don't do it well. The Polars and stuff they haven't really been doing it. I, I no. just liked how you chucked England under the bus before you even highlighted. Have you ever Australia have you ever seen the British Polars. Army play? Corbs, yeah, you're in defense as well. Fiji. Yeah, it's I just like, think yeah. it was a stretch, mate. I'm just being combative. This is what these shows are about. I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Scorched I just want to throw Scorched England under the That's bus. how I roll under quarantine. Listen, uh, no right, one will ever forget more... Gallipoli and what you guys did at Gallipoli. So first, oh, wow. you, you do a number on Australia there. Thanks a lot. And New Zealand. And then you go and take all the players from the Pacific Island. Thanks yeah. a lot again. Dan, isn't the Queen on Australian <laughs> currency? Listen, whenever I've got that currency, I make sure that side is down in my pocket. Just, it's a yes or no. Isn't the Queen yeah. of England on Australian currency? Yeah, we haven't had our right, let them, we're gonna, we're gonna, moment yet. Corbs wins this that. round. Uh, I'm going back. It's then. a 10-8 round. It's a 10-8 round. What's the name of the team? Do they have a name? Anybody know this? Brian, America's Rugby News, ears to the ground. There's not going to be any team there anytime soon. The Maui Wowies for all I care. No. <laughs> I'm going with Gilligan's Island. As the name the of the... Because the Gil Gronies, the Gil theme, you know, is going to have to be in the name somewhere. I feel like that is Gilligan's Island. I don't know how exactly you name that in the team, but that's where you got to go. The Gilligan's. The Gilligan's. The Islanders. From I the smell Gilligans. a lawsuit. With... I'm in. Yeah. Uh, Dan? Um, it's something to do with Elvis. Um, something to do... If we're going to go the drink theme, what's the drink? The coconut and the vodka and the orange juice thing they do over there? Let's just uh, throw that in there. Why not? The Maui Wowie or something? Maui, yeah, I'll go. Who said that one? I'm with, I'm with Brian. I'm with Brian. I'm That's the kombucha flavor out here that I quite what? like. Listen, the we got to jazz it up. You got to get a little sizzle. How about the tan lines? Yeah, why not? Right? I probably won't go. I'm going to get letters and yelled at. Pro- producers, you know how they Producers go. fired. In my, yeah. Uh, no. So, all right. So, Alex, what was the 30 seconds that has turned into 25 minutes that you know? These are the best parts. Uh, mine is the MLR draft. And you happy about it? The fact, no. 
No, I, I just think it's a bit of a joke. Like, I get, I've got so many kids messaging me, asking about it and what's going on. And I think in principle, it sounds great. It looks great. But in reality, it's not ready for that. Um, how do you tell a kid that's just spent like 60000 a year in college for four years to come chase his dream for $15 an hour and a room that he might be able to, like, I, I, and then, like, I don't know. Like, what about teams like Atlanta and they have a relationship with life and other teams I know have been trying to build up relationships with universities as an academy and a feeder system. Now they just turn that on its head. I, I just don't think the logistics for me makes sense right now. Like, I don't think any, any college kid should be popping bottles celebrating when they get drafted in the MLR draft the way it is out loud right now. Secondly, we can talk about it later, but damn like, what are teams doing trading picks already and what are they trading them for? Well, I'm sure that'll be made public when the teams are ready, but... Well, I can tell you the Houston one now. Yeah, we know Houston. Robbie Povey from yeah. Utah has gone there. And, and then there's a uh, another element to that trade that will be poured out. I just don't think the draft... It makes no sense. Like, you're going to tell a kid that he's going to have to move all across the world for, yeah, like... but you're not, no, you're not telling across them... The country. No, then they can the turn it down. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But then they turn it down, and if they can't reach, what, are they ineligible for another year? Or where do yeah, they but you're go? a junior. You, you go into the draft as a junior. You turn it down and say, I don't want to go in. So you sit out a year, but you're a senior at college. So you finish your college career and then you can sign as a free agent. So why would no, you enter no, no. the draft? It's, it's an hour after your, it's a year after your, uh, after your senior expires. So if you're a junior, that's two years you're tied up. Two years you've oh. got to sit out. And teams are going to, that's a lot of guys that like already have deals or pop, they might have to sit out a year to get the 15 grand a year deal that they they deserve. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think there's a lot of holes in that, and I wouldn't be rushing that through. I'd be trying to build up other ways. The league have done so much positive. I just think this is a wasted effort and more to the detriment than the betterment of the league right now. I think one day we should be in a position where we have an MLR draft, and it's an amazing experience. But, Alex there, but to that point, while he's coming back in, when you're looking for content to keep fans engaged, let's be honest. That's a big aspect of doing this. I get the reason they want to keep content relevant and drive, but my worry is that it costs of what? Like that we're going to do this draft at the cost of putting kids straight out of college or potentially a year out of college. It's been happening for years though, Corpse. Like in 2009, Lou Stanfield graduated from Cal, moved to New York for promise of nothing to play for Nyack because he knew he had to play a decent level of rugby in the US to stay in the Eagles setup. So players are going to do it if there's a draft or not. They're going to pack up their lives and move to an MLR city. It's not a shiny finished product. Like but No, but Corbs, you're gone again. There you are. But you can't just dismiss playing rugby in New York City for a young guy. It's going to be broke anyway. Yeah, I know. But listen, if Amazon keeps kept selling books, Amazon wouldn't be what it is today. You've eventually just got to say, you know what? This is a part of the sports landscape in America. We're going to bite the bullet. We're, we're probably a decade ahead of ourselves here, but let's get it institutionalized in the setup now and we'll figure it out. A lot of it's not going to go perfect. I get that. I think MLR gets that. Most people are understanding that, but don't take away from these kids who are declaring for this thing and then they're going to get drafted and kind of mock them because they celebrate. You know, it's a young guy who's got an opportunity to go play professional rugby, which was not even an option in anyone's world five years ago. In the US no, I'm rugby. saying that I don't like the way the system is restricting players' options at a university, defining a team and the deal and what suits them best. I don't. I, I'm, that's my objection to the 
the draft is that I don't think MLR has moved to a position yet where it, it makes sense to do that to players. Most of these players should be figuring out where the best place for them to go is, where they can find a second job, where they can play. Only one or two of the teams have any form of full-time set up in the MLR yet. So then you're asking, they're going to train in the evenings. What, do they find another job at this team? If they've just come out of college, can they work at something where their degree is applicable? That might mean a specific scenario is better fit for them. And this draft, to me, seems to limit those options for now. If you're a team like Life in Atlanta, surely you're going to be you're recruiting these South Africans three, four years in advance to come through your setup to then come to your team. How did opening them up to the draft make sense for the team? But also my, my, my main objection is the players getting limited options without enough financial incentive for those options to be limited like that yet every player is amazingly grateful and um lucky to have something like the mlr as an option for them the owners know what's going on here though they're not going to draft somebody that they know can't play for their team or that they can if they're going to have to play for the team they're going to have to entirely foot the bill for the kid to transfer or move to the city you know you know they're having those conversations in the back room then why is there a draft because they need they, they got it they got, the league got it's a PR for stunt. The year. If it's a PR stunt then I'll move on it might it, I'd say it's an entertainment stunt Brian please bring bring some some logic to this well as the Canadian and the mediator in this group I would arrive kind of down the middle I I, I can agree with points that Corbs is making and, uh, and agree with some of the points that, that Dan's making uh, for me a, another interesting angle for this is you know Donovan was talking about uh, not producing enough American players in here well this is kind of forcing the teams all of a sudden to look at the American colleges where I'm not sure they really were I mean there's only going to be a handful of coaches going into this draft before this who would have any idea I mean Sparks uh, over at Utah you know uh, Lawrence down at AT Obviously, Fitzgerald is the master down at NOLA. So, uh, you know, those guys have a leg up on this. Others probably weren't even looking at American collegiate rugby before. So this probably opens some doors for some players who might not have had those opportunities before. So, uh, yeah, there's some problems with it. It's in early stages, but I, I think the concept is good. It'll take some refining. Um, I wouldn't get too caught up, and it's only two rounds this time. So uh, there's still going to be lots of guys out there uh, on the free agent market. Well, I got a guy that is was caught my eye about as an exciting thing on the global rugby landscape, and it is about the MLR draft. How do you not pick a kid named Adonis? Adonis Lee Johnson at a Humboldt State. He is a dynamic wrecking ball of a prop that is like twinkle toes. I mean, the guy can run the ball. He's a, he runs over people. He runs through people. It reminds me a little bit of a young Alex Berbiceau. Is he the one who plays um, at St. Mary's? No, Humboldt State. Humboldt State. I apologize. I haven't seen him. That uh, I, I will check him out. Yeah, that I don't even <laughs> I don't know how you found. Yeah, so all right. So that's what that was our 30 seconds on each one of those folks. And yeah, we went take, we went good. We're get, getting screamed at by the producer right now to take a break and we'll be back with our best six, sevens, and eights of MLR 2020, the abbreviated season. Not virtual picks, but real picks and real people right after this. I'm Tomas de la Vega, and you are watching Rugby Wrap-Up. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire. 
that's good beer. New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. And we are back. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan with Mr. Alex Corbacero in San Diego. Mr. Dan Power in North Carolina meets Denver meets Mexico. And Mr. Brian Ray up in Nova Scotia, Halifax, Canada. Uh, we're going to talk six, seven, and eights, the best at each position in Major League Rugby, despite the fact that it was an abbreviated season, continuing our best ofs. Uh, Brian, why don't you get us started with your best number six? My pick for number six is a guy I expected to uh, tear it up, uh, a guy I'd seen play a lot before he got to MLR. I think a lot of people uh, were, weren't quite clued in on him. Tomas de la Vega of the Toronto Arrows. <laughs> Uh, awesome in the line out, awesome at the breakdown, awesome tackler. I mean, the guy can do pretty much everything. Uh, it could have been a Pumas star if he didn't uh, turn them down a few years ago. He, well, he did play for the Pumas for a bit, but uh, uh, so he's my standout, uh, one of the standout back rowers for me in MLR this year. Yes, fully agree on Tomas de la Vega uh, out of Argentina. Great guy, great player, work rate is, is very high, plus he likes living in Canada, and he was on the show, so what's not to like? It was a pleasure. Daniel, why don't you yeah, go ahead? That was a really strong pick. Della Vega was sold this year. I actually just had a change of heart. Uh, I've decided to put Mungo Mason at six from Old Glory, DC. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Uh, I just got an alert on my phone about weather in DC and it made me think about Mungo. So I've gone for him. Just an outstanding engine on uh, Mungo. A lot of ball carries, a lot of work off the ball. Great defender, classy player, uh, New Zealand way of Scotland. Or pick you know up. what? You are effing killer. I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. This is the way it, this is the way it happens in, in the world of professional sports. Alex. Uh, I was going to go for Nale Duai from the Free Jacks. Uh, I was very impressed with him. He played a bit of six and eight, but I think um, speed, physicality, ball carry, offload game, all the sort of traditional Fijian strength. I just thought it's consistency for them. He was, he was a game changer on the field for them. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of sort of explosiveness in the back row. I just think he offers a lot of X factor there. No argument here. I'm going to go with um, Cam Dolan. I know he's the number eight for the most part, but he can also play number six. He's pretty mobile and it complements my other two choices at seven and eight. But Cam Dolan, Four tries, second in the league in that department because five tries led the league. Four tries, always in that, that, that channel where you got to pass the ball, he might pick it off, make some meters. Uh, and he had four tries called back. Google it, Aaron Castro. Also, <laughs> also, uh, he's an eagle. Come on, you know, he can play. He's a, versatile, he's a versatile player. He's an eagle, blah, 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 blah. Let's move on to number seven. And since we started with Brian last time, let's start with Brian this time. <laughs> Throw me off. Well, I was going to go with uh, Mungo, but since Dan poached him from me, I'll, uh, I'll pick a Canadian here. I'm going to go with uh, Nakai Penny from the Seattle Seawolves. 
who I thought was in absolutely storming form uh, when the season sadly got cut off. Uh, a lot of people were annoyed that he was left out of the World Cup squad, and I have to agree, he's an amazing athlete, uh, potential to be a real star for Canada. Uh, just the guy's a, a machine. You look at him, he looks like a cyborg. He's put together, uh, you know, but no body fat. The guy, fast, can handle, can tackle, uh, good player. Dandy Dan Power, who's your guy? Yeah, how about Nakai Penny's rig before we get started on that? Probably one of the best bodies in Majors League Rugby. Boy, oh boy, it gets hot in the Pacific Northwest when Nakai takes his shirt off. Great cast. I have gone for the mayor, the mayor of Bayonne, the one and only James Denise, the godfather, uh, one of my longtime great friends and great teammates, JD, and great to see him still getting it done out there for Rugby United and just getting better too. Knows his way to the try line, but also it's uh, stuck in with tough work at the breakdown as well. Really like JD a lot at seven. Two things. Uh, I'm a fellow Joyzy boy. He ain't from Bayonne. Uh, he's got, he's from a clear, a cleaner air, not far from Bayonne, but I don't think he's from Bayonne. Number one. And number two, maybe at some point they can have Rooney scrum caps. So he doesn't have to wear his red, New York Athletic Club cap? I'm just saying. Why wouldn't you wear a Nyack cap? It's the greatest club in, in America. You are talking to a New York rugby club guy. Who, yeah, I'm fully aware. Yeah. So The caps got, are coming. We're just focusing on the draft right now, and yeah. then the <laughs> caps will be ready. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we had a lot of much ado about nothing about the MLR draft and the flaws with it and how they're picking this and that. Bah, 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 bah. But what you didn't see is the off-camera stuff here, the banter, where these guys are basically stealing my picks because they know I go last. Okay, but anyway, Corbs, take it. Uh, my number seven is uh, Sam Wuching from San Diego Legion. I think he's, you know, one of the real diamonds in the rough as such of MLR. and will definitely be one of the success stories of the league, I think, in, when we look back in a few more years that – so he only had two real seasons of like high-level rugby, second year in MLR, dipped his toe in with the Eagles at time. But he's someone I feel, if I was Gary Gold or the, or, or the USA Rugby, I'd, I'd be looking at at seven. I think it's just his athleticism, his speed, um, his tackling, his physicality. Whenever he's in the right place, he's absolute money. And I do think he's someone that um, deserves a fair bit of praise from this league. I, I really, really a big fan of what he does. Yeah, great points. Because as you said, the high-level uh, experience that he had was basically nil, uh, making the most of it. But I'm going back to DC to old glory, and I'm going to put my man Mason Mungo at number seven. He moved to New Zealand when he was two. He was born just outside Glasgow. Props to Steve Lewis for for mentoring him until he was two, and then he uh, he played, came back, played for Edinburgh in the Pro 14, cup of coffee there. But he also played with Scotland Sevens on the HSBC 7 Series. And here in the MLR, the guy is a thug. He is a brute, and he'll, like, pick you up after, with a smile on his face after he destroys you. But key components here, 353 meters gained on the ground. Pretty, pretty dynamic. And you can Google that one too, fellas, okay? Uh, number eight, let's change things up. Let's start with Dan. Oh, thank you, Matt. I went with the uh, the Naples sledgehammer, Cam Dolan. Uh, Nola Gold himself, just an absolute uh, legend of a bloke as well. Do you know he was denied four tries this year, guys? I don't know if you heard that stat or not, but I uh, just pulled that out myself right now. But, uh, Cam Dolan was denied four tries this year. But yeah, I went for him. Just an outstanding component. Uh, started with the Legion year one, last two years down at Nola Gold. 
And um, I think he's really found a home down there in New Orleans. He's a really turned into a great leader from a young, dynamic guy from Life University who's kind of found his way forward. I'm um, really looking forward to seeing the next few years and what it has with uh, Cam down there in Nola Gold. And after his rugby career, he could absolutely fit in a 70s detective show, right? Absolutely. You could just see him. It's just a natural fit for him. He'd be like the new Fred Dreyer. Google that one. Uh, Alex, who's your number eight? I like Brad Homopo from uh, the Free Jacks. Uh, I like the combination of him and I. I'm a big believer in horsepower in the back row. Just gets through a lot of work and he's big and physical, carries offloads. Uh, I like what he does. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that – I'm surprised you guys didn't pick. Reikert Hadink, the menacing, tough guy from the Seattle Seawolves. I'm just looking here. He's got uh, five tries. Look it up. 11th in tackles with 63. 298 meters gained on the ground. Captain. And I know they were off to a really bad start, but this guy is a gamer. And he's a player. And he's got that South African chip on his shoulder. But, you know, he, he would also compliment my guy Mungo and Cam Dolan would be free to roam and pick off passes because those guys can play all the defense. So, uh, but before we go, final thoughts, gentlemen. I don't even get a pick. Yeah, what about Brian? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Get back in your box, Canada. I got to fix this teleprompter. Producer's killing you, though. Chop liver up here. All right, and Brian. Uh, Alex's uh, idea of number eight's getting over the gain line. So there's a guy down ATL, Laras Deacon, I really like, but I'm pulling a last second audible. I'm going to go with Jameson Fa'anana Schultz from Old Glory, D.C. Uh, he's a big brute guy who can get off the uh, quickly off the back of the scrum, but he's also got a lot of subtle skills, good handling. Uh, he's just a really intelligent player, can offload well. He's also got a couple of Eagles caps last year. Uh, I th- think he's got a big future, a huge work rate on him, too, for a big guy. And another stat that you guys might not be aware of that we've compiled here at Rugby Wrap-Up is he's got the most meters gained per stride during the season. There you go. Clearly, wow. I knew that. Yeah. So long, gate. It's what a was your gate. Uh, what was your MGPS when you played Corbs? Me just game no, first try. I, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it was anything. I actually point seven. I don't I, know. I, I didn't know it was a real stat until yeah, about fifteen seconds ago. Yeah. I think it was five stone. Right. Gentlemen, and just like that, we are out of time. So 30 seconds, anything in rugby that caught your eye other than the stuff that we talked about earlier? Brian, why don't you kick us off? Well, there's nothing going on. Well, we're looking forward to New Zealand uh, playing a little rugby coming up uh, pretty soon in June. I just hope that uh, TSN or ESPN or whoever has the rights for Super Rugby actually shows us the games because we got to see something. We're losing our minds up here. Dan? Corbs has to get out of the house. He's so salty. I'm salty, man. He's just smile a little bit more and not worry so much about what's going on in the world. No, uh, excited to see live rugby come back. So I'll echo Brian's thoughts. How about Bowden Barrett smashing the Bronco record? Did you see that four minutes ago? Oh, I couldn't do that if it was in centimetres, let alone metres. That was incredible. So can't wait to see him play for the Blues too. New team for Bowden Barrett will be pretty cool to see. Alex, I I can't disagree with Dan Moore. I think you look great. Uh, I love your new haircut. (laughs) As a bald man, we recognize these things. Uh, you look fit. Happy, you look your happy. coming in clutch with the cut and fade. Yeah, and you also have a backdrop this week. It's 
it's just you know levels to this stuff i say i'd say um all right but for me first disclaimer i love the mlr uh big supporter of it i just think the draft is stupid as we've already discussed next uh thing i talk about is what about world rugby coming in with the nine point something million dollar bailout of australia um you know we only you know usa getting cut short on the cash here or what you know they bail out australia no but um i think that's indicative of what's to come in world rugby as international uh, autumn internationals are are, are cancelled postponed or modified summer tours have gone uh, world rugby is going to be shelling out some serious cash around the globe to make sure that we can keep rugby going in the future Look, there is a professional athlete, ladies and gentlemen. You just saw the dexterity of that man to not miss a beat when his phone went blank visually, kept speaking, Rich reached up, smacked his cameraman, got the thing back on track. Well done, Alex. But I'm stunned that none of you didn't mention Paraguay is laying down field turf. As a Canadian, I'm terrified that our World Cup spot is gone. It's 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 already out the window. There's, there's no hope. That's all it took was Paraguay to get a little, little grass in the field. We're finished. I got that, of course, from America's Rugby News, and I got most of my draft information from Alex Goff and Doug Coyle, so kudos to those guys. Gentlemen, as usual, it went by too quickly for Mr. Dan Power, Mr. Alex Corbusero. Yes! And Mr. Brian Ray. Fear and loathing. From Midtown Manhattan, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off. We'll see you next time. James Denise from New Jersey, back row. Where in Jersey? Lynnhurst. Oh, God's country. Yes, sir. (laughs) 